no. Hi, welcome to. Whoops, start. Wow. Okay. <laughs> this is going off really well. What? <laughs> Hi, welcome to Ponders Over Popcorn. It's a podcast where we talk about movies. My name's Emily. I'm Dora. And for our first episode, we watched the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, but before we dig into it, I just want to introduce our very special guest for this first episode, our good friend Lauren. Hello! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes! Um, I mean, just some preface. I think everyone should know, like, we've been friends since middle school. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's been 50 million years. <laughs> but um, <laughs> And probably before then, the previous <laughs> So I was just going to start off uh, by giving a quick recap in case anybody's listening who hasn't seen the movie uh so if you haven't seen scott pilgrim versus the world it's about a quote-unquote slacker musician who ends up falling head over heels for a girl that he meets at a party named ramona flowers uh but in order for him to be able to date her he has to defeat her seven evil exes in battle to the death and that's really the plot of the movie <laughs> there isn't <laughs> too much else but um it's based off of a comic book series by a guy named brian lee o'malley um and scott pilgrim's played by michael Sarah, so it's very much just michael Sarah beating up people like it's a video game and he punches them and they poof into coins and it's great <laughs> so <laughs> all right great so <laughs> so i got something to say off of at the top uh but like emily said the three of us have been friends for a long time now since middle school almost 10 years i remember that oh yeah it's been almost 10 years and i remember that the three of us saw this movie in theaters when it came out back in august 2010 which was almost seven years ago (laughs) you remember the month and everything yeah it's all like a blur to me i might have also like looked up when the movie came out but oh okay i got it yeah but it did it did it came out well i remember because it was um the summer right before we all went into high school and it was like it was a fun summer but it was also a little bit bittersweet because lauren didn't go to the same high school as us i did not um, an old friend of ours but um she's very proud of that <laughs> oh, yeah oh shout out to fossil ridge high school <laughs> but yeah. but i remember that um like going into the movie i don't think any of us really had an idea of what it was going to be about other than that it just kind of looked cool yeah um i remembered yeah. that i saw like some chatter about it online because i had a tumblr in 2010 and i've had a tumblr for almost that's probably why yeah (laughs) Yeah, i kind of i kind of think i was the one that suggested it but you know i don't want to take too much credit but i'm so glad you did yes but it was in my collection yeah exactly and it was one of those things where we just kind of like we went in i was totally won over because the movie opens with like a 8-bit remix of the universal song (laughs) And, uh, yes. but I do remember specifically that it was around the time that Scott is fighting the first evil ex and it suddenly launches into like this weird Bollywood style, like sing off and right. the guy's dressed as a pirate. And I just remember right. turning and looking at you guys and being like, I think this is the best fucking movie I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny because he's the only ex that, like, sings. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only time they break out into musical number. Like, they have bass battles and, like, other musical things. But, like, he's the only one that breaks out into musical-esque song. Yeah, he's the only one with, like, a full routine. Um, Yeah. 
but I just... And I don't know. Yeah. I think that was, like, my least favorite part of the movie, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, I love that part, because it's, like, um, it just really sets you up for the wild ride that is the rest of the movie. Um, I guess so. I just yeah. felt like it was kind of, like, a sore thumb compared to the rest of the, the feel. Yeah. Like, it felt very different than the rest of the movie to me. Um... But yeah, it's like you notice all right off the bat, though. It's like it's such so fast. Like when I rewatched it, I didn't notice, but literally it's joke after joke right. after joke after joke after joke. And there's like no really pause, which um, I think that kind of speaks a lot to younger audiences, I guess, especially ones that probably were playing video games and going through like uh, technology, like the ones who would enjoy this mm-hmm. movie, because mm-hmm. I think we're used to that pace. Yeah, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, I definitely, um, you know, like I remember after the movie came out, or, well, it would have been a while after when I got it on DVD. I, I watched it with my mom, um, and I, because I rewatched it yesterday, and I mentioned it to her, and I was like, oh, mom, I'm going to rewatch Scott Pilgrim. And she's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, do you remember anything about that movie? And she's like, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it didn't. No, I made, yeah, I made my mom watch it too, and she, I, like, she did not. <laughs> she did not appreciate it as much it's as I It's definitely think. a yeah. millennial movie, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I thought that that, I mean, I, it's been a long time since I've read the comic books, too, but, you know, everything's, it's just kind of one giant, like, video game music reference, um, which is great. Like, I love it, and I feel like that's why we love it, because we have that kind of, that was our culture, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's really, if you're not a person that, like, I don't know, grew up playing Legend of Zelda or something, Sub- it's going to be a little bit hard to connect to. I know some yeah. like crazy person <laughs> yeah. buy get the original Ocarina of Time or whatever, <laughs> right? Yeah. But Ooh. but I thought that um, you know one thing I I read that, and I mentioned this with Emily a couple days ago too that uh, I didn't realize that the movie technically was a box office failure. Um, it yeah. was yeah it was budgeted at like. Uh, 80 or 90 million it only made about half of that back in ticket sales but it was received pretty well critically i mean it's on rotten tomatoes it's like in the 80s or something so it didn't do poorly it's just not that many people went and saw it and i feel like that says a lot about kind of what type of movie it is i don't think it was marketed well to be honest with you because like you said earlier all of us went into it like i mean this seems like a movie like we don't know anything of what it's about yeah like we went exactly. and saw it on like a yeah. whim, I think. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I rem- I definitely I remember, like, like having like no clue essentially. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I remember reading at one point, um, especially in film class, and we were, like, it had a little blurb about it, and it said that some people think that the reason it didn't make so much money was because Michael Sarah played a character that really wasn't what we're used to seeing him play. Like, he was supposed to be kind of more of an asshole than we're used to seeing him be. Um, but I don't know if I bought that. Like, he still seemed pretty Michael Sarah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was just gonna say. Feel. I thought he was. I thought he was just Michael Sarah that like punched people essentially. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, well, I don't know. Like, cause I, I didn't pick up even when I was watching Scott Pilgrim. I felt like I didn't really pick up that he was an asshole. Like, I kind of got that the other characters thought he was, but mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. That kind of that part kind of blew over me a little bit. Like. Hello, it's almost like watching Seinfeld. Like if you analyze it, like yeah, he's kind of an asshole, but like just watching it, you just kind of like don't realize <laughs> how shitty he was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think he yeah, was kind of an like... asshole in this movie, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I um well, so one thing I I definitely I was going to say that 
you know, I, I hadn't rewatched this movie since I really think since high school, or if I had rewatched it in college, I think it was maybe one time. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, like at the beginning of the movie and he's like, oh, I'm 22. And I just remember mm-hmm. like throughout the rest of the movie, I kept thinking like, wow, this guy, like that's more so or less old. my age, but he's such a loser. <laughs> like no, the whole, real. I mean, yeah. And it's yeah. Well, I remember that that looked seemed so far away right. at that time. 22. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, he's not like uh, necessarily a horrible person, but he's I don't know. I was watching it, and I was just kind of I kept thinking of like these people that I knew in college, and I was like, no, it's definitely like this guy is kind of an asshole. <laughs> like, but yeah, everybody in that really. movie is an asshole to a certain extent. To be perfectly honest, with no, exactly. maybe like the exception of knives. I was just gonna say mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. knives. I think it's so yucky that he was twenty two years old and dating a seventeen oh, year old girl in high school. Ah, like, how did I miss I that know. the first and time watching? I was like, ew, this isn't okay. Why is everybody like making yeah. jokes about it? Like, ew. <laughs> yeah, and like right off the bat, he's like, oh, it's a Catholic school too, and it's just like, oh, <laughs> no, this is bad. <laughs> this is very bad. But yeah, I think Knives was the only like pure character. Yeah. Like she, you know, I don't know. She had her shit because she was trying to like beat up Ramona at the end because she thought that like Ramona stole Scott somehow. Yeah. But um I think that's such a typical like young high school girl thing though. Yeah. Yeah. Just to like blame the woman for <laughs> but um yeah. it's her fault. But I mean she did she kinda had like her own character arc in that sense that she kind of like she came around in the end and was like nah I, i'm too good for you like left <laughs> yeah no oh, I, which, I loved that which which I, was... I went through my first breakup during this movie and i was like <laughs> really hard with knives and then uh yeah i'm glad that she was like you know what i'm too good for you at the end i'm too cool for you yeah well <laughs> yeah. and what was interesting when i was watching this movie um you know as a 23 year old person was that this is not, like, a feminist movie. Like, it doesn't even pass oh, the Bechdel no. test, like, in the slightest. I was, like, Remotely. waiting for some no. for something to, like, prove it wrong. And nope, every single female character is either talking, mm. about, talking Scott about Scott or, or some other, like, man or something or Scott's relationships or right. whatever. Yeah. Um, and Ramona is kind of, like... I, like I don't know, I, I almost don't even like the whole presence for, or presence present like the um the whole idea anymore of like him having to fight her previous exes so that he could date her like uh, like the the yeah, typical like yeah. she's a prize to be won or like yeah and it's no I was definitely oh, I, that's so funny because I definitely didn't even think about it that way but you're so right no like, I was um, I was thinking about it at the end because uh when he confronts yeah. Gideon at the end and he's like you want to fight me for her and I was like oh that's that's not right. a great line that that yeah and he he well, orchestrated yeah. the whole thing like he set up all the exes because he didn't want anybody else to date Ramona which if he didn't yeah, want anyone right. else to date Ramona, he should have flew his ass to Canada in the first place and been like, hey, I think we should have a talk, like adults right. that we are, you know? <laughs> Were you saying that Gideon should have Yeah, if he still wanted to be with Ramona... I think that would have been like... Well, yeah, but that would have been like against character. Because he wasn't he mind-controlling her? Or something. But uh, it's just... It was yeah. like the whole, the whole premise there of yeah. like... I guess... Yeah, because, like, the way I was looking at it, and it's funny that I didn't even think about, like, that kind of perspective, because that seems like, oh, duh. But, like, um, <laughs> like, because whenever I was looking at it, um, I kind of thought of it, like, it's kind of, I felt like it was kind of metaphorical, or at least kind of symbolized, like, real relationships in the sense that, like, 
when you get with somebody, you're, you know, they've been through these other relationships and it complicates us and it makes us have all this baggage or whatever. And you kind of have to like fight through that to like be with somebody if that oh. makes sense. And that's the way I was thinking of it the you whole know, time. That's... But like now that you mention it that way, like that makes a lot of sense too. And I think, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Your I mean, way is probably like a little more obvious because <laughs> I think it's like, that's totally what's happening <laughs> is they're fighting for this girl yeah i um, emily i like that and i think that i think that that's a much deeper way to look at yeah agree i know really i was warns. like now i'm like that might be you know because i don't think most people watch this movie and think mm, it seems like a metaphor like, <laughs> yeah i mean but i, I figured keep, it kind of you know yeah i mean i keep thinking back to the comics and just kind of like the premise it being just kind of like this really wacky uh kind of like right you know very like anime video game inspired yeah type whole premise sure, like if, yeah. like if you look at it from this perspective of scott kind of being like he's kind of like the hero of his own story in a way like he's presented very much as like a you know he has to go on this like quest or whatever it's just the quest mm-hmm. the quest happens to have kind of a icky premise yeah <laughs> the right, more you think yeah. about it and the more that like if i think about it as as a 23 year old like genuinely how kind of like uncomfortable i would be if somebody felt like they had to like fight my exes yeah. in order to mm, yeah. win my effects. Yeah. yeah. But I mean yeah. at, at the same time it's like Yeah. I mean at least at least the movie specifically, like I feel like it really doesn't ask to be taken that seriously. <laughs> sure, yeah. But like I don't think they were thinking too hard about Yeah. You know, all this stuff. But um But it, and I that mean, being said, I guess no, go ahead. Oh I was just gonna say I, I also kept thinking about um I mean it came out in two thousand ten. Which, like, really wasn't that long ago, but I was, I kept thinking, like, what if this movie was made, like, last year or something, and I really, mm-hmm. I actually don't think that that specific premise would really fly, I guess, into Yeah, into it would like, receive a lot more criticism, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, even in, like, a six or seven year period, like, a lot has changed in terms of uh, kind of how, like, mm-hmm. women are presented in movies, even though, like, I yeah, mean, absolutely. obviously it's not a huge change, but, um... Yeah, I don't know. I also kept thinking about, uh, you know, not to not to get off the 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 the, the feminist topic, but like I kept thinking about no, um, how like literally everybody in this movie is white. <laughs> um, yeah, like, there's no. really not that much diversity, which I, I, I really I didn't think about when I was younger and like right. Well, it's easy when you're white to not think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I was speaking as we're all right. Three, well, three I, I thought girls, about that but... too, and I watched it again. But yeah, the same thing happened to me, where I was like, "Oh wow!" Like I did not realize how little diversity there really and, was. Yeah, like, there was like they even like erased like um oh my gosh, what's the the band guy, the lead singer, what's his name? Stephen Stills. Stephen Stills, yeah, because in the comic he turned out to be gay, and uh, oh, Wallace that's is right. Gay, but yeah. even like. Yeah, but even like yeah, I forgot about gay that. people were kind of um, yeah, like not as present. They even like got rid of like one of the characters' gayness. So yeah, to speak. yeah. Um, Although so... actually, actually, I I should interject that is that um one thing that I read uh, is that this movie actually came out in the same month that the last Scott Pilgrim book did, and I oh, really? I don't remember when it turns out. Or when Stephen figures out that he's gay, I don't know if that happens in the fifth. There's six books, and I can't remember if it happens in the fifth or the sixth book. But one of the things yeah. that I read oh, okay. that I thought was really interesting was that um, the movie had a different ending originally um, because it, they finished uh, production before 
the final volume came out and they had an ending where Scott got back together with knives in the end. And I, re- yeah, and I, I read that, that every- I read mm-hmm. it that everybody was like, nah, <laughs> it doesn't work at all. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then Brian Lee O'Malley was like, actually, here's the final volume. And they were like, oh yeah, that, that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I also, I'm really glad he yeah, did end up with knives. <laughs> I also read that um, he did say, I think it was on his Tumblr like around the time that the movie came out somebody was like uh asked him about if he had any thoughts on like the fact that everybody in his movie well not everybody i mean that's unfair but like there is a certain lack of diversity in the in the film mm-hmm. and then in, in the book sure. by ex- by extension and he he did say he definitely like that was a huge regret for him um right but you know like i one thing that i was just thinking about is that he's he's half canadian half korean i think um Oh, really? Yeah, and so I don't know. I don't... It's just one of those situations that I I wonder, you know, as a person... Yeah. That, like, if if it's something... He's a a person of color, a marginalized person, so... Yeah, so, like, maybe it's something that he wasn't necessarily thinking about when he designed the characters or whatever. Um, Right. Which, I don't know. I I think it is something you kind of actively have to think about whenever, you know, you've been exposed to stories being told a certain way with a certain kind of person, then you kind of actually actively have to be like wait it's gonna be told a different way it's gonna be told with more diversity yeah exactly and, um, and he he wrote um i don't know if you've heard of seconds no i recently. i heard of it but i haven't i haven't read it yet yeah it's actually really good and it has like yeah there's a lot more diversity in that one i noticed yeah like, there's several people of color and so i think he you know i think he's you know taken you know that lesson and at least applied it which is really all i can all i can ask for out of people but yeah so bright side yeah but you know what i what i Um, thought was interesting kind of with this idea of diversity was again it kind of didn't sit right with me with the the first evil x matthew patel you know we're supposed to go off this idea that he's indian and they kept making this this kind of joke that he has mystical powers yeah, and I was right. like, "Ew, and is Rayleigh this Johnny, too, yeah. like, is this the fact that Bollywood. he's Indian?" Yeah, like, is I don't, I don't exactly know mm-hmm. how to feel about this. Again, this movie that is predominantly white, and then, you know, if there is a person of color, yeah. like, it's kind of joked about. And then they would do that a lot with knives right. too. You know, a lot of the mm-hmm. Chinese kind oh, of jokes. Yes. Right. Yeah. And uh, are you allowed yep, to date outside yep, your race? That's exactly where I was going. Uh huh. No, and that's I remember that that whole part when Scott's trying to break up with well, he does when he breaks up with knives and he basically and she's like, uh, I was wanting to have you over for uh, dinner later at my parents' house, and he's like, uh, Chinese food. And I'm oh like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, you idiot. Yeah. God. Yeah. So I mean. So it's like, it's one of those things, at least for me anyway, it was one of those things where like Scott is presented as, I mean, like I, mm-hmm. like I know, yeah, like, yeah, I know that sure. dude, like I knew that dude mm-hmm. growing up where it's like, he doesn't right, necessarily exactly. have horrible intentions, but he kind of just inadvertently comes off as like kind a giant stupid. racist yeah. and very dumb. And like, there's also yeah. one of the, and you, cause you mentioned like with, with Steven Stills, one of the things that I realized watching, like when, when we first watched the movies, Wallace is my favorite character and I still really mm-hmm. like him. And one thing that I realized watching it is that uh, his, while he's not the butt of jokes necessarily, like, whenever his sexuality is brought up in conversation in the movie, it's, like, usually in some kind of joke form. And, you know, albeit, like, this movie is just punchline after punchline, mm-hmm. but um, right, it's very much, like, whenever the fact that he's gay gets brought up is kind of in the context of a joke. Yep. And he also, and, yeah. and then the other thing is that I... His whole interaction 
during the scene with Roxy, like, made me really uncomfortable. Yeah. That, that whole scene. Kicker in the balls. Yeah, I kept like, thinking about that. I was like, that. oh. It's like, okay, so yeah. you have a gay guy being misogynistic and, like, mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Like, kind of, like, yeah, anyway. Um, like, yeah. yeah. And Roxy, too, is a little, like. That's I don't know that like little oh, yeah. angry feminist lesbian stereotype I felt like like yeah. even whenever she was dying she's like you wouldn't be able to do this to her oh family. yeah I was like yeah. I don't know it felt like it felt really uh, yeah I agree it was really uncomfortable and I was like oh shoot. yeah and Ramona <laughs> saying that she's a it's little because I love this movie that yeah yeah right. yeah well I was a little R- bicurious <laughs> Ramona yeah. like I didn't think it would matter and I don't, yeah there's very much like a yeah, I didn't think it would count. Yep. That yeah, that yeah. Me, or Scott saying like, "Oh, you had a sexy phase," and I was just like, "Okay, right, right. <laughs> yeah." I mean, it's so mm-hmm. for, for for me anyway. Like, uh, as a person who is bisexual, you know, I don't mm. know if Roxy is necessarily if she's bisexual or a lesbian, but um, yeah, I remember when we first watched the movie. It was like not that long after I had figured out that I was bisexual, and so mm-hmm. I do remember watching that being very like genuinely like happy and kind of excited that I was watching a character on screen who like wasn't a straight right. person. Right. But watching yeah, it now yeah. <laughs> but watching it like now. Any representation. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't um I was yeah, I was kinda like this isn't exactly the best representation of my sexual orientation. But sure, yeah. I don't know. There were it I mean it's like uh, f- for me anyway, and I think this is for a lot of people, for a lot of LGBT people, you know, it's kind of like trying to walk the line between, like, we're happy that there is some kind of representation, but at the same time, like, it's not, like, you feel like you could continue mm-hmm. to do better kind of a thing, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's just, it's only going to get better, like, the more queer characters we have, <laughs> like, if you, you know, as it's. If anything, really, because it's like it's easy to whenever there's like one female character to represent all. For example, I mean, like if there's one female character in like a sea of male characters, and of course that person's going to represent all of like femininity mm-hmm. and yeah. all of women, and so that makes it like really hard to not be like, oh, is this what you think about women? Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think if you have more, and like that's like the surefire way to like avoid those criticisms. I think is to have lots of different kinds and have them like all like diverse and different, and you know how life is. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, so you know. <laughs> Um, but what were we on? <laughs> Roxy. No, we, <laughs> but we were talking about Roxy and, um, I don't know. Mm. I've got more topics if we want to dig into it. <laughs> yeah, go, throw one at us. Okay. Throw it at us. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna lay it on you. It's, it's a little bit of a tone shift. Oh, man. But one, okay, one thing absolutely. I, one thing I have written in my notes, and it's not so much a question as it is kind of a statement of life, but did you guys know that Black Sheep by Metric is the best song to ever have been created by humankind. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, studies have shown that it's, um, it's, um, that is it's just, true. It's a fact of life. No, I um, th- that's actually still my f- favorite scene in the movie uh, when the Clash of Demon performs. Oh, that's right. I wanted to talk about the vegan Todd. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I I just think that was the most clever way to address how vegans are. <laughs> yeah. vegan superiority you know I mean? I remember, yes because i remember re-watching this movie with um a guy a long time ago i should probably cut that out. <laughs> I but anyway you can cut um, it out later 
I'll just cut it out later. Fix it in post. Um, <laughs> so he, yeah, I watched it with him. And I remember at one point he's like, yeah, it makes me wonder if this guy was vegan. And I was like, no, he's making fun of vegans. Like, this is such a, a perfect way to, like, show you, like, they just think that they're this, like, hot shit because they don't eat them. Um, at least that's the point he's making. Yeah. Like, whether or not that's true. But uh, I think, yeah. Like, and I think that was such a clever way to do it is to, like, uh, satirize it almost. Yeah. I think, is that the correct Yeah, term? yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So I thought that was just like a really clever. No, it's it's uh, especially yeah, it's especially at the part when um when Scott's like anybody can be vegan and uh, Todd's like ovo lacto maybe yeah. or whatever the yeah thing. yeah <laughs> ovo lacto vegetarian maybe yeah like, I partake so brilliant I partake not in the meat nor the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many times have we seen this? Movie? Oh, too many. Yeah, yeah, too many. No, it's well, and MV literally like uh, says yeah. that about like being vegan just makes you better than other people or or whatever. Exactly. Like it's, it's definitely satirizing, uh-huh. satirizing it. You know, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, but like I to be to be fair, funny. if I could get like psychic like dragon ball z powers like i'd fucking go oh yeah totally (laughs) yeah absolutely like makes your hair better (laughs) apparently it's pretty amazing um (laughs) (laughs) apparently you got to go to vegan camp though that that didn't seem like very much fun vegan right yeah yeah which um, the, which yeah. leads to my one of my favorite scenes of the movie. It's like re- regardless of how like uh I guess inherently problematic this movie kind of is, it still has some really great scenes, including the vegan Absolutely. police scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> vegan police. Honestly, it's so good. Yeah, it's the thing. It's like it's you know we can watch pretty much any movie and be like, well, and you so you take the good parts out of all of it like you can watch media and still enjoy it and absolutely it at the same time i think which is which i think a lot of people have a hard time understanding it's like i'm criticizing it but i, I love this movie like yeah wrong. well i think one like, of the things yeah. is especially is because it's kind of like a movie that's in like our niche very much mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah and so we kind of relate to that culture in a certain sense and, yeah. yeah i mean scott is like okay I, I retract what i said earlier he kind of is a horrible person but <laughs> there's like <laughs> yeah. a lot that I genuinely relate to within him especially right oh yeah that was one of the like the like having watched this movie as a teenager and kind of being like oh that's what my future is going to be like versus watching it now and going like oh that's what i'm living through currently (laughs) kind of (laughs) yeah how he feels like in between things and like how he just doesn't know what to do with himself like all of the time and i'm just like oh man that's very hashtag relatable (laughs) 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 hashtag relatable you know and kind of like, but the... yeah, I think well, everyone kind of relates to an asshole, like to be honest. I and mean, Scott's like not just an asshole; but he's just kind of like a fuck up. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, he never like gets off his ass to do anything. He doesn't particularly seem to have much ambition. Like, I remember particularly even like when Gideon was like offering them a record deal, and Scott was like, I mean, it was like this was like the dark part of me, but I was just like, I would fucking take that record deal, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's I was like, out. that sounds pretty great. Like, <laughs> your girl doesn't want you anymore. So <laughs> money like <laughs> yeah and i think the important but, but, thing to remember then- with scott is that he's not he is an asshole like he definitely is but it's not intentionally yeah. an mm-hmm. asshole he's just like really awkward right like he's an awkward 22 year old white guy you know just i know yeah <laughs> just like as an awkward 22 yeah. year old or 23 year old white girl i'm like yeah okay i, I kind of yeah <laughs> I get yeah this. exactly i get this like, i kind of i kind of identify yeah, yeah exactly. i mean like i live with my mom like i know it's right like i very well much, it's like i think yeah. 
Yeah, kind of the important thing, like, whenever you're watching Scott Pilgrim is, like, I don't think that they're kind of, like, glorifying Scott in a way. No, like, I think yeah. it's kind mm-hmm. of noted that he's supposed to be kind of, like, dubbed. So at least it's not like, look, this is how you should yeah. be. It's oh, more definitely. like, all right, yeah. look at how stupid this guy is. You know? Yeah, he kind of, yeah. he's kind of, well, I mean, he is, like, he's kind of the butt of the joke for the whole, like, he genuinely mm-hmm. is for the whole movie. Right. But... Like, he's just, like, such a... You know, yeah, dude. Yeah. When, like, I guess I guess by the end of it, he technically does learn the power of self-respect. Yep. So. Literally. Right. Yeah. That's true. By pulling a but sword yeah. out of his chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I just think so specifically yeah, that was back to that scene with knives when he's trying to break up with her. And he just you could tell oh, yeah, he doesn't right. want to be with her anymore, but he just like really doesn't want to hurt her feelings or like have to go through that like awkward mm-hmm. scene. And I can so relate to that. Yeah. Like I really, really can. Absolutely. I've straight up ghosted on people instead no. of like having the balls to actually <laughs> tell them bye. I think that's why like I think like ghosting is a lot more common now among people our age. Yeah. Like, I think like yeah, I don't think it happened so much before like social media and cell phones mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But like now, it's just so easy to just not respond to somebody. And, nope, like, never. I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how I've ended yep, exactly. literally all of my relationships. <laughs> oh my god, both romantic Jeez, and guys. friend related. I know it's like ah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's it's you know it's not the worst thing you can do. I think everyone's done it and everyone's you know, experienced it. But it, it's I mean? like but, one of those um, things that I I've had told by other people by adults whatever i mean i'm an adult but like it you real know, adults like, oh well you have to you have to like yeah real adults you have to like <laughs> take responsibility and you have to be able to like have a conversation with people and there's just mm, sometimes yeah. when i'm just like you know no <laughs> no i don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's like i don't think so i am not going to <laughs> yeah. but yeah no it's like and uh, i think girls especially have this thing where it's like it's so hard to reject someone you don't want to be uh-huh. a no, it's... like you don't want to be a bitch like I feel that so hard like even dudes that just like who just talk to me like immediately I'm like oh my god am I gonna have to like I don't want to give you the talk of like oh I'm not interested you know uh-huh. it just feels like an insult I don't want to insult you I'm sure you're a great person I just not interested <laughs> and it's oh yeah it's tough man <laughs> It's tough, it's tough for being a adored and sought a after. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but the movie. <laughs> yeah. See, like that know, scene, we, we could launch into. It's very okay. relatable. Just yeah. Scott trying to break up with knives, and he it does is. it terribly, and he's like, "We should break up," and yeah. whatever, like, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I just really like cool. that in after that scene, there's, like, this montage of, like, knives getting progressively sadder and him kind of being, like, upset at first. And then it's, like, seeing Scott's face is a little bit happier. And then he's, like, thinking about Ramona. And he's, like, kissing Ramona. And then like, he got over so fast. I, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, he was upset or, like, felt bad for all of, like, ten seconds. And then he was, like, well. Yeah. <laughs> I got yep, my, new, my new, new girlfriend. Yeah. I have a new, new. <laughs> God, that's so funny. Oh, what about, like... I felt like there might have been some Canada references, as we say, because I noticed the Neil Young reference and Young Neil. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't. Then, I don't know. I was wondering if there was other ones. Cause I'm not Canadian. I don't yeah, know. I was just. I was oh. gonna say, as as speaking as not a Canadian. I mean, I know that yeah. like um, I'm pretty sure. So the the band that Scott in the movie Scott wears a t-shirt with like a logo on it. That's a logo for a band called Plum Tree. Uh-huh. And they had a song called Scott Pilgrim that Brian Lee O'Malley got the name from. Oh, and okay. I think they did a I, their song is in the movie and I can't remember if like they have another song. I mean they're Canadian, Metrics Canadian, um Broken Social Scene, which also does music. I 
uh, might be Canadian. I'm not really sure. But I know that, yeah. like, the music that they got for the movie. Right. And this was, like, yeah. was this a Canadian-produced film, do you know? I should have researched this before. I know. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but, I, you know, it's directed by Edgar Wright, who's British. Not that that has anything to do with Canada, but... Right. Um, right. That was... Well, I was yeah. Oh, I was just going to say that. I was just curious if it was, like, set in America. Yeah. Do you think it would be different? You know? Oh, yeah. Would it, be more, would it be more violent? Would it be more, like, <laughs> I don't know, sexualized? Like, that scene where Ramona's fighting... Um, Oh god, uh, Roxy, and she like has that little moment where her legs go up in the air. It's like all blacked out, you know what I mean? But it was, yeah, it I mean, could have been an easy opportunity for a panty <laughs> shot. Well, I thought of that more as a reference to like video game fighting. Um, like, yeah, especially like yeah. Uh, when Roxy's like doing her thing with her like sword whip or whatever it is, yeah. and like she, right. she's wearing like a bikini underneath it. And I was right. like, I'm pretty sure that's like a Street Fighter or like a Soul Calibur reference. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious if, like, if Americans were kind of more in charge yeah. of the story, which, again, maybe they were, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I wonder if it would have been a little more, you know, pushing that. I, I don't, don't know. either. Yeah, yeah. I know that yeah. it's, a, it's a constant joke that <laughs> Ramona's American. Right. right, right. And she's like, you know, oh, I forgot you guys don't have, like, portals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's kind of, like, similar to the vegan joke, where it's like, Americans are just, like, too cool for school. We right, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe yeah. that's how Canadians perceive us. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the jokes, the jokes about her being from America would have worked if she were, like, from Canada, because then it would have been, like, Scott has yeah. a Canadian girlfriend, which means... Scott has a fake girlfriend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, having a Canadian girlfriend is yeah. totally a euphemism here. <laughs> but yeah, that's funny. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I also feel like Ramona was not a typical love interest in a sense. Like, I feel like she's on the verge of manic pixie. Uh, yeah. I was going like, to say that too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like I don't know. Like, she's more. Like, her issues are more prominent, I feel like, to be a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Like, they actually, like, kind of fuck things up, and it's not all, like, oh, she gives me life. Like, I don't know. It's, like, yeah, it's complicated. She's not know? so much there to, like, fix Scott's life as much as, like, Scott right. just ends up kind of completely infatuated with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, I mean, mm-hmm. throughout the course of the movie, she it, she she does her own thing, more or less. I mean, that's, that's good. <laughs> but at, at the same time, <laughs> that's positive. she does fit a little bit into manic pixie girl as like you know i mean like the the quirky hair and how she's kind of like edgy and stuff like that but i don't know whether yeah. that's like like a trope or necessarily just kind of she's yeah. that like cool girl personality mm-hmm. yeah because i usually think of like manic pixie dream girls as being like a little more childlike and yeah like, oh let's do this weird thing for fun but ramona is like hey i you know let's go for a walk <laughs> it's like we've it seen, seems pretty normal we've like, seen 500 you know, days badass, of summer. Obviously, i was just gonna say let's yeah, go to the yeah, yeah, park yeah. and shout penis or whatever like they do it <laughs> right summer. stuff like that where it's like oh how quirky yeah. and weird but i felt like she was pretty like grounded uh-huh. compared yeah. to that so She's... that's why i struggle to call her a manic pixie dream girl but yeah. i feel i see the potential there for her yeah. to be. <laughs> she has potential <laughs> She has potential to be a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's a that's a pretty new trait, a new, like, trope, you know, but... Ish. Yeah. yeah. It's also and one I of those like, things that, like, yeah. it's a trope that kind of came around with, like, movies that were geared around our generation. Right, yeah. Or the generation so, before. I think it started with Elizabethtown. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Because yeah, I believe it started with Elizabethtown with um, Orlando Bloom and Kristen Dunst. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I, f- I forget, I Emily, that you're the only person out of the three of us that actually like went to studied like, film. film. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. 
That's what yeah. I can pull analysis out of my ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's what college has taught but, you. Um... <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, in college, it's a bit interesting because I can go like really deep into it. And if I did that here, I think um, <laughs> a lot of audiences would have a hard time. Like yeah. I would go into about how aliens about rape and then like 10 pages of <laughs> But uh but yeah scott pilgrim though i think um <laughs> well i don't know i just think like the use of video game uh iconography and just like style is interesting because i haven't really seen a movie quite like that like ever since yeah and no, i it's... wonder if the uh the box office drop kind of scared people off from doing similar maybe movies. oh that's a good question but... i don't know i mean i know like kind of going back to the edgar wright directed this film uh like, he has such a particular style of movie, and um, I know that, like, his movies are well-received for the most part, I think, but, like, they, they're they not, like, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for, like, kind of approachable, like, on a large scale, and I don't know, I think specifically, like, just because if you were watching this movie, and, like, if you don't get at least some of the references, like, it's not really gonna be that much fun for you, right. and so I think maybe right. with people making movies and like wanting to kind of like work with nerd culture it's like you have to mm-hmm. be able to if like if you want it to be broadly successful which like to be perfectly honest most pe- most a lot of movies that are being generated today like they're they're optimized for like reaching the broadest audience possible um right yeah that's why you see a lot of superhero movies which are like they throw in things that are gonna like work with the nerd crowd like with the people who actually read comic books and stuff and mm-hmm. then they've got kind of that like blockbuster appeal for people who sure. don't so it appeals to pretty much everyone yeah yeah so it's like i yeah. don't know it, it which kind of sucks well just for me personally like you don't get to see a lot of like genuinely uh, well i guess i don't want to say like genuinely nerdy movies mm-hmm. but like things that are very like niche in terms of like what their appeal is it's it's because yeah the way that um movie culture works now is that they want it to be they want it to reach like yeah. families well, and stuff. It's capitalism. <laughs> yeah, we could <laughs> we could dig into like a whole rant on capitalism. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, capitalism and the Hollywood kind of go hand in hand, and like even movies overseas, it's all kind of a response oh, yeah. to Hollywood. Yeah, like, so you know, they figure out what works, and then you just you reproduce know, they stick that because they know it's gonna make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, if you have something like this, that I mean, it, even if it does pretty well in terms of like reviews and critics and stuff like that if it's not a box office success people are not really going to want to replicate it right exactly which i mean there are like certain niches for that like certain actors will take like a huge pay cut to be in a movie they think will be um yeah like are like artistically like mm-hmm. you know significant um yeah that makes them look better as actors i was just i just kept thinking like i wonder how many people have actually watched this movie simply because they heard chris evans was in it yeah i was gonna bring that up when when emily mentioned superhero movies it's crazy how big name actors i guess before they were big name but are in this movie you know michael Sarah and abby plaza anna kendrick and chris evans yeah um what's this the guy who plays gideon jason schwartzman right yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like there's a lot of kind of big name people in this movie. Or, yeah. And if I wonder if it had been it... re-released in 2017, how many people would see it based on the cast alone? Yeah, I honestly yeah. think that if you like, I mean, if you probably changed a lot of the like content, <laughs> the content, I guess, in, in like if you updated kind of the diversity and like the 
those kinds of things. If you updated the story for like a 2017 audience, like if you kept the um, the tone and the actors and the video game references, mm-hmm. I actually think it would probably be more successful box office wise like because people are i mean for one because people are really fatigued by superhero movies and i think that um Mm -hmm. i don't know it might hit better yeah yeah i think it's a little like it's similar but it's a little spice Mm -hmm. up to it yeah yeah i think it was kind of like how deadpool was where it's a superhero movie but it had like its own like new flavor to it yeah everyone was like finally i get an r-rated superhero movie and it's just got (laughs) like it's weird as hell Well, it's like yeah and it's funny and sarcastic and kind of like you know, Ryan Reynolds is fucking around. And, like, you know, breaking the fourth wall, like, yeah. it hasn't been done in any other superhero movie. Yeah, people which, like um, that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, people dig breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I also wanted to ask, like, how do you guys feel about, like, the, I mean, I think we mentioned the metric song and the Canadian songs and stuff like that, but the fact that, like, Scott's a bass player and, <laughs> you know, there's all these bands and that's kind of, like, a big central thing of the the whole... Uh, movie is like lots of musical people mm-hmm. and like I don't know I feel like it's interesting that that ties in with video games and mm-hmm. stuff like that I don't know how do you guys feel like that connected the movie together like what significance does that have I guess I mean I don't I mean personally yeah okay I was just gonna Go say ahead, I don't know specifically maybe how it plays out in the movie but I do absolutely love that last evil X before Gideon with the uh like the right. the Cadian yes, twins. Those two with that's like a like yeah. a band versus band like fight there with mm-hmm. the the video yeah. game um reference of course mixed in when Scott hits that pedal and like the monster comes out. Like that yep. that was really cool. That's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie just because the song is really cool. Um I think Dora in high school actually mm-hmm. made me like a mix, like a playlist, and that yeah. song was on it. I put that song on. <laughs> yeah. I really I really love the song itself, but I just it, it really makes it, especially also in the beginning before the very first um evil X fight. Uh that first like awkward little Indian indie band like Crash and the Boys or whatever and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> their songs it's are like really boys. short. <laughs> yeah, so it's not sad. a race, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called Fuck You, please. Yeah, yeah so it definitely it's adds so to the funny. humor and it adds to like you know that last boss fight or that last fight, whatever mm-hmm. second to last fight. Like it definitely adds to it. Um, like mm-hmm. I guess the atmosphere of how the fight is. I don't know. Yeah. It's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think like music's a pretty good excuse to like tell the audience how to yeah. Play, you know? yeah, <laughs> absolutely. yeah. It's like pretty easy to manipulate people's emotions that way. So I wonder if that was their excuse. But I think I mean in the comics too, he was a musician, right? But um yeah, it's different when you can actually hear it. Yeah. <laughs> and part of it yeah, too I mean, might me, be that I've... uh sorry not to interrupt you, Dora. Um No, no you're fine. But <laughs> I think part of it too is kinda like, you know, I don't know about you guys, but anybody tells me they're in, like, an indie band, I'm usually like, no, okay, like, <laughs> loser, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. which I think is part of, like, Scott's saying is that That's he's true, got yeah. nothing going for him except for playing bass in this kind of shitty band. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I think, um, like, that that's a huge part of the culture, I guess. I mean, for me, video games and music have always gone really strongly together, not just, like, video game music, but... Uh, like, you know, if you're a person that plays video games, you're probably a person that's also really into certain bands. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And uh, I don't know. It, it like, 
fleshes out the whole kind of like youth culture aspect because like i mean because like we all knew that deadbeat guy that was like in a shitty indie band yeah <laughs> so you know it's That's like true, um, yeah and i think i don't know for me i actually was because i remember reading the comics and like you like there's music in them but like there's not i mean it's you're reading a book so you don't get to actually mm-hmm. hear anything and i think that it one of my favorite things about the movie is getting to hear the songs and like how that really like fleshes out the whole kind of like the feeling that you get from the movie and it really fleshes out the characters um i i mean mm. i because i love metric i definitely wish that there had been more clash of demon head songs but mm-hmm. um but i yeah. i know that probably the reason why like in the i think in this fifth or the sixth book envy they do like another concert or she does a solo thing or whatever at mm-hmm. the chaos theater and probably the reason why they didn't have that aside from just it being more simple is like because they didn't have the material when they were writing the script but would have been cool to have brie larson do a solo i'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) but no yeah i like that i guess i for me it's like i'm not like a huge like i like listening to music obviously like i have an appreciation for Mm -hmm. it but i'm not like someone who usually gets obsessed with bands i'm not really like but i think I really like Lauren's point where she's like, you know, we know that deadbeat. Like, I think that's a, probably a big part of it is like just bringing home the fact that these guys are like 20 something years old like in a band. Like, you yeah, know, just exactly. total losers. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. Let's see. I was going to ask on like a more lighthearted topic, like who is your favorite evil ex? Because mm. mm. I have mine. So I, 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 I can go Todd, first. I you just, like Todd? <laughs> I just thought that was such a clever, a clever fucking thing. Like, <laughs> let's make fun of vegans by making them essentially superhuman. <laughs> yeah, you get to watch them go super sane, which is like pretty cool. It is cool. But what was yours, Dora? How do I know? Uh, it's Chris Evans. <laughs> uh, that's what I was gonna yeah, say yeah. too. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> no, gotta I just... get some blaze back in my room. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just love it because I mean, part of it is probably because of the context of like knowing who he is as an actor now kind of but like it's it's fun to see him play like a really over the top character um i don't know because that whole like that was like scott had like a fight with um with matthew patel but like he really starts brawling with um lucas lee and uh that whole part of the movie really got me thinking like um like just the ethics of like how he literally has to kill these like mm-hmm. are they permanently yeah, dead yeah. <laughs> like they're permanently dead like they poof into coins like he actually is <laughs> right like, like scott is a serial killer guys. <laughs> like, he's pretty much like, he's actually yeah. killing these guys and but at the same time i was thinking about this i was like but but hear me out like if if you punch people hard enough and they burst into coins like I think a lot of people would probably do it. <laughs> like it's... Yeah. Well, it's a little, like, less, um, you know, it's not as brutal. I think that's why video games do it, too. Yeah, well... It's, it's like, like, you know, you don't feel like, oh, I'm killing a person. Like, they're totally dehumanized Unless that Unless you play Undertale, and then you feel like the worst fucking person in the world every time <laughs> you kill something. Because that's yeah, the whole real. point. But, yeah. I, I could not go through that game and <laughs> kill anything. I couldn't do it. No. I was like, no way. I, um, mm. this is completely off topic, but yeah, I went, 
I went my f- I went in without knowing anything about the game and like killed a couple of the important characters off the bat and then started reading stuff <laughs> after that and then was like, oh no, I fucked up and now I feel like a horrible person. <laughs> and so I like oh. I, I like had to restart the whole thing and I was like, I have to make this better. But yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Isn't it like remember though? Uh, we'll we'll talk about that. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it's the whole like I mean it it's it's not a serious movie and it's you know it's a, it's like kind of watching a video game yeah. it's supposed to be and that's that was what mm-hmm. was really fun about it but it's definitely one of those yeah. things where i mean I, i'm definitely thinking about it as i'm watching the movie like i mean these you he's like killing those dudes <laughs> but and then like yeah, is this absolutely. a universe where like in order to date i mean did like maybe the reason scott this is conspiracy theory time like maybe the reason scott didn't have to kill any of knives evil exes because she doesn't have any like what if knives starts dating so like she dates right. young neil why doesn't young neil have to <laughs> fight scott Maybe to the he's death so <laughs> that's true but yeah i don't know like yeah i don't know if that's like a law of the world i think it was just like yeah, i was just gonna say up, i think right? it was yeah, just so. gideon like contacting all of them like hey want to go beat up this guy for me because ramona and they were yeah. all like yeah yeah, let's do it. Sounds yeah, good. well, because that's that's why I go back to like the point earlier I made because that's why I thought because he like set these guys up to try to ruin Ramona's love mm-hmm. life, not necessarily Scott's. So it's yeah. kind of like for me, it's like yeah, you have to kind of fight through people's baggage, you know, to mm-hmm. like be with them. I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, he even kind of says that at the end. He's like, it's nothing personal. Yeah, you know, right, right, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Coke Zero. Oh, the fact that Scott gets so drunk after one drink. I love that so much. <laughs> but that just falls into his, like, he's like a wimpy white dude. That's the whole point. Yeah, he's just like a loser in every sense of the word. Um, but yeah, and it's just funny, too, that Ramona's like, you're the nicest guy I've dated so far. And it's like, damn. Like, <laughs> or Ramona. <laughs> that's kind of sad. Yeah. I know, exactly. <laughs> like, well, I guess you've dated quite a few duds. Yeah. It made sense when you go through all the exes, of course. But. Yeah. Although we know nothing about the Kadi and Nagi twins. What did they do wrong? <laughs> well, I don't remember super well, but I know in the I know in the comics they're like they build like robots or something. I mean that's that's another thing, uh, is that like they all every any like non white character in this movie slash the yeah. comics like kind of fulfills a very stereotypical role. Like yeah. Knives like knows Kung Fu. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Gets called yeah. and gets called Kung exactly. Pao Chicken at one point. Like yeah. and then like the Kadi Nagi mm-hmm. twins, like they they build like robots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's totally course. true. Yeah, but you mentioned that Brian Lee O'Malley was also, um, you said he was half Korean? Yeah, he's, he's POC, so like, I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I think, it's, I think it's what you said, like, I mean, if you're kind of like, if you're used to being exposed to a particular type of media, um, like, you kind of end up replicating. Like, I know for me per- yeah. personally anyway, like, as a, as a white person, um, like if I go back and look at things that I've created or like you know or whatever from especially mm-hmm. from when I was younger and I'm like oh okay literally every character is white like it mm-hmm. gen- yeah. genuinely yeah, yeah. like you kind of have to like check <laughs> check yourself but <laughs> like, you have to <laughs> no it's true yeah really um like make sure that you're not falling into right. the same bad, yeah, we're just bad so patterns that everybody else is yeah. told a certain way yeah, yeah exactly because um, even like whenever I'd be drawing I noticed like I would kind of just replicate like what I was used to saying which a lot of it is like really male based and really mm-hmm. you know, 
uh, white. And so it was like, I draw these girls with like, I was pretty young, but I draw these girls with like huge boobs, <laughs> and, like, tiny little waist. That is, but like, that's because you were, you, know, you were into anime. <laughs> like, I was exactly. And so I remember anime. my mom would get so frustrated because she was like, this is created by men. <laughs> it's like so obvious. And I would replicate it as this little girl. Cause I just liked the way it mm-hmm. looked, but yeah, I look at it now and I'm like, I should, you know, probably draw people with different body yeah. types and like you know people yeah. who are not gonna fall on their face whenever they take a step like, <laughs> <laughs> does that make any sense yeah yeah but yeah it just takes a bit to um, unlearn kind of fight that and discover yeah. yeah and i think you discover your own voice a lot quicker mm-hmm. that way too yeah so i don't know i think um i mean i obviously i can't speak for him personally and i only read a little bit but it seems to me like that was genuinely something that he regretted mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, and i think definitely judging if you haven't read seconds you should but judging by that mm-hmm. i think he's definitely like taken some steps in the right track yeah that's good yeah i mean it's like obviously it's like not perfect but you know he's got at least several more people of color as characters mm-hmm. and yeah. and you know part of it might yeah. have been trying to find an audience too you know it was, that again, I know it was only true. seven years ago, but it still seems like so long as far as where our culture has gone, um, where mm-hmm. I know there's mm-hmm. a very large Tumblr culture out there that, you know, is specifically like we want stories and we want to to celebrate stories that right. focus on diversity and LGBTQ characters. And, and I think maybe part of it might have been like, yeah. you know, early to or not early 2000s, but 2010 and earlier, it might have been like, well, if I make characters that aren't white you know and i don't make gay characters the butt of a joke is anybody going to want to read or watch this yeah Mm -hmm. and i think i mean i would Mm -hmm. i imagine he was probably like doing conceptual stuff for this like i mean i I don't remember exactly when the first volume came out but like Mm -hmm. it would have been probably early 2000s which right i'm like that wasn't exactly the pinnacle of um (laughs) (laughs) celebrating diversity (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah exactly yeah so. I, know, I guess I, I struggle with it a little bit because now I feel like it's kind of getting to a point that like things like uh, social justice and feminism and um, just general like inclusion have kind of been adopted by capitalism a little bit. Just to get on that. <coughs> again, Taylor Swift. It's like we're trying <coughs> to make money off of it now. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Like that kind of stuff where it's like not even just Taylor Swift, but we'll get like T-shirts that like say like a hashtag you know, feminist. About, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, stuff like that, and it's, like, I don't know, it kind of bugs me because I feel like you can't, I feel like capitalism and oppression are so intertwined, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to, like, buy, like, to partake in capitalism, what, like, I don't know, and also buy a shirt that says something like that, it just seems so, like, weird. Yeah. Um, so I struggle with that a little bit, but I also, like, don't know how else we're supposed to combat it, like, I, I'm yeah, totally celebrating it's... these movies that, like, are doing right. it because it's like what else are they gonna fucking do mm-hmm. right but um, yeah i mean it's like you don't yeah. it would it's like it's exhausting to want to like participate and celebrate you know diverse forms of media but then like okay does it mean that we have to dive into the reasoning behind each piece of media like do we have to sit around and examine everything super carefully i mean i think that you can like it's important to be critical about where things come from and like how they're presented but at the same time it's like, I think it's exhausting for an in, an individual to have to, like, hyper-analyze yeah. every single thing that, like, yeah. passes in front of their face kind of a thing. Yeah, sure. I yeah. think it's important but, to be but critical, same... but you can still enjoy yeah, right. something that has problematic el- Like this movie, you know, it definitely has yeah. its problematic <laughs> yeah, elements, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I still really like it. Like, <laughs> 
you know yeah no yeah, I, absolutely yeah i mean that, that was that was something that I, I started thinking about as we were talking i was like okay i think i think at the end of it i should like ask him like do we all still like this movie <laughs> it's like, yeah i mean i i there are a lot of things and i mean for me uh and i kind of said this at the beginning but for me like i think the one of the big reasons why i like i genuinely really do love this movie is because um because of like the shared history i have it with you guys and mm-hmm. with some of my other friends like the fact that like right. we were all really into it when it came out and like it's definitely the movie i mean this is like kind of stupid but it's definitely the movie that like you know when i have kids or if i have kids in the future like hey mom what like what movie came out when you were like a teenager that like you feel like kind of represents your demographic mm-hmm. or whatever and i was like maybe this isn't the best movie <laughs> your kid's gonna ask yeah. that <laughs> yeah no my kid's gonna be super engaged but um, <laughs> what kind of a movie represents your demographic <laughs> <laughs> and like while it's perhaps not like the best representation of like what i would want to promote as far as like diversity and diverse thinking goes mm-hmm. um it, there are a lot of elements to it that I think are really representative of like what it was like for me to grow up as a teenager and as a, as a young person. And also the fact that like I watched it with you guys and we all had such a great experience mm-hmm. with it. And like, it's still a movie that I like I share with, with people I love. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, there's, Aww. there's that too. Aww, <laughs> no, but... absolutely. I love <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. there's certain movies that are just awful, but the nostalgia just makes it, it makes it great. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's kind of like power Rangers. I feel like, <laughs> Yeah. For a lot of people. Like, I mean, I've watched it now, and I'm like, Jesus, this is so bad. <laughs> like, it's kind of good, because you're like, I remember this when I was a kid, thinking it was so cool. Yeah. That's why That's why you should really never go back and revisit things you enjoyed when you were younger, unless you, like, think that they, yep. they might hold up. <laughs> so, right, exactly. Yeah. But... <laughs> So, but it feels yeah. like we're kind of winding down, and I think we're... I think so. We're getting to the I time. think we should... Uh, <laughs> do our kernels of like truth. Like, the final question. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> if if this movie is saying something, if we took this movie as kind of a, a Bible of sorts and said, if we watch this movie, what do you think it's saying about how we should live our lives or some about society? What do you think is its core message? So I'll start with Dora. Go ahead. Wait, why am I going first? <laughs> because I have to think. <laughs> well, well, for me, I definitely, uh, <laughs> when we were thinking about what are kernels of truth for the movie were going to be, um, I definitely didn't pick something that was super deep, but I will answer your question. Um, I, I think this movie by the end of it has a fairly large tonal shift. Um, when it comes to Scott and kind of his own personal development. And while, you know, most of the movie, he's kind of a big loser and that's enjoyable. But I I think by the end of it, you know, as he's very literally kind of learned to respect himself and also to a certain extent, the people around him. um, I think that one of the underlying messages in this film is just kind of about personal development and learning that it, that you're an asshole <laughs> and like learning that like your choices have impacts on your relationships and like learning to be more responsible as a person and um like that that's an important lesson for young people to learn mm-hmm. and um or just for for people i should I'll, I'll clarify that that there are plenty of non-young people who haven't learned to respect people and their relationships but um right i yeah. think by the end of it scott at least seems like he's 
kind of like he's learned something he even makes that joke i feel like i learned something um mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> but, yeah you know which would be great if it wasn't dead, dead. <laughs> <laughs> but but i do want to say my non-serious kernel of truth which was um that if you're in a relationship and a guy punches the moon for you you have bigger problems <laughs> on your hands <laughs> like that shit True. like I started thinking about like, yo, what if he like, what if he Punched like you. knocked the center? No, no, no. That okay. That is not right away. What if he knocked the center of gravity of the moon off? Like, can you imagine like what devastation that would really do to badly. the Earth? Mm-hmm. Mess up the yeah, time. Like, what if- like, I read a book once. I mean, like along that line. Not not to change the subject here, but it was really terrifying. You don't want that to happen. <laughs> exactly so what i'm saying is todd ingram is a threat to humanity and it's i'm glad that scott punched him so hard that he burst and that's what i have to say very good good job scott (laughs) (laughs) all right lord um so i think mine is i can go i mean i have one um i think mine is pretty similar to dora's and that uh people are complex and uh Mm -hmm. I think Scott throughout this movie very much views uh, specifically Ramona and Knives and even Envy as just uh, these people that used to be with him that were kind of this means to an end, Um, you know, a means to have sex or a Mm -hmm. means to fulfill Mm -hmm. him. Um, And I think part of it is learning it towards the end of the movie is that he really fucked up and how he has been treating people. And by fighting Ramona's exes, he's learned that, um, you know, being someone's ex or, or being with someone can have long lasting consequences. And so you need to be, you right. know, kind and thoughtful to the people you're with, even if you're no longer dating them. So I do really like mm-hmm. that. He apologizes yeah. to knives at the end of the movie and knives is kind of like, now nah, you're good. Like I'm too good for you. Like <laughs> go catch up with Ramona. Yeah. Um, and didn't he apologize to Kim too? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like, he kind of yeah. comes to realize that he was not treating them as, I don't want to say he was treating them as objects, but he was definitely treating them kind of more in relation to how he made, they made him feel and not how they mm-hmm. felt. Sure. Um, so I think I, right. I really yeah. like the idea of, of my kind of kernel of truth being that people are complicated and that um, yeah, like they're that. not just a means to an end and treat them like they're mm-hmm. complicated. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, yeah. Um, I guess my kernel. I'm gonna stick with my kernel a little bit. I think I mentioned it a couple times already, but I do like that's the main thing I thought of when I watched this movie. That I took away was like, um, you know, getting into a relationship, or you know, you are partners essentially. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. trying to like make it through life together, and um. Uh, you know, it's not a simple thing and you like have to actively make that choice to do that. And, uh, yeah. And you do have to like, people have baggage and people have like problems and it's not like, it's never just going to be like daisies. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Everyone's got like their evil exes or, you know, whatever they got, they got their envies. They got their, like their issues with their hair. Cause they have to like put on a hat. Cause they got all upset when they had a breakup. That yeah. kind of shit. And it's like, everyone has that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of important to like, you know, figure out who's worth fighting those for. You right. Know? Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. 
I guess uh, we're all we want to say before we <laughs> sign off. No, <laughs> I think that's good. Yeah. You're going to have fun editing this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't envy you there. Yikes. <laughs> it was Nat when I knew her. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On that note, um, yeah, this has been the hopefully continuing podcast um the pilot of the pilot episode of ponders over popcorn uh i've been dora i actually forgot Mm -hmm. our title (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm gonna say that again and you're gonna edit that (laughs) Ah, okay but yeah (laughs) this has been uh the i guess pilot episode of ponders over popcorn and thanks for listening and i've been dora I'm Emily. And I am guest speaker Lauren, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure Lauren will be back. Yeah. <laughs> at Maybe. Some point. We're gonna wrangle her in. <laughs> Maybe. She's like, I don't know if I want to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Signing off. All right. Have a good one, guys.